Hey everybody, and thanks for coming by the Not Robot DC Comics Review Show, where we do exactly that. We review DC Comics current releases each and every week. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, and you'll hear those episodes out there for free each and every week. We won't fail you. They'll be out on every Saturday. You can also come over to patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast and get access to us at as low as a dollar a month and uh, help us keep the show going, push forward for more content. And the more money we get, the more comics we can buy, right? <laughs> exactly. You can also follow us on Twitter at not a robot podcast and at Walt Gator 93 and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So shout out to us, okay? Just uh, give us a little drop there. You can stop by the website, notarobotpodcast.com, and send us an email to We Like Reading Showmail, and uh, we'd like to be able to respond to you on the podcast itself. So make sure you give us a shout out, no matter what it is, all right? Now we're going to go ahead and get on to this week's issues and those will be superman number 25 the flash number 761 wonder woman number 762 nightwing 74 batman and the outsiders number 16 deceased hope at world's end number nine hawkman number 27 justice league odyssey number 24 and dark knight's death metal trinity crisis number one my name is josh and with me, as always, is Anthony. What's up, everybody? And we're going to start things off with Superman number 25, retailing for $5.99, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Ivan Riaz, Danny Minky, Julio Ferreira, Alex Sinclair, letters by Dave Sharp, color by D Joe Prado and Ivan Riaz. New Villain Alert, introducing Semnar. A colossal new threat to Superman, the planet Earth, and the DC Universe arrives on the scene in this special issue. The unique warrior called Sinmar, Sinmar excuse me, was created to represent an entire alien race. He's trained his entire life, but for what purpose? As the antithesis of everything Superman stands for, Sinmar launches his aggression toward Earth to destroy the Man of Steel and every being on the planet. This is what Superman was born to protect us from. Well, is there anything you want to say before we get into this issue, Anthony? I think in a long time, I somewhat like this issue a lot better than his past 24 issues on Superman. And that's a big thing. That's a lot better. Not a lot better, but it's a little bit better than what we have been getting. Which, um, of course, it's dialogue heavy, which I'm not a fan of. But to that side, it's a new character. I'm hoping that we see some major things. This issue is just nothing but set up, which, you know what, I understand. It's the first issue, so I'm hoping they just land some mark on the next issue. Right. It's a good issue for what uh, has been. No, I think that it's total shit. I absolutely hate this. I am looking at an issue where he brings in another character that we, he, he, how many people has he invented now? 
Uh, we got, I thought this was the same one as last week. Jenny Hicks. We got Teen Lantern. We've got Amethyst. We've got mm-hmm. Naomi. We've got Red Tornado. Red Cloud. Red Cloud, excuse me. <laughs> and, um, I mean, that's five, right? Is there anybody else I'm missing? Creative. Who else? Am, he's creative, but we don't have any idea why these people even exist. Red Cloud is just a plot device, and the other four are just background drapes. They're just scenery. That's that they they hardly other than them writing Ginny with an obvious obviously in a way to make her look like she's talking with a twang. Um there's there's nothing to those characters whatsoever. Oh you forgot Rogozar. Oh and Rog oh Jesus. How could I forget Rogozar? Hot damn. Um <laughs> Well, I see for the Red Cloud, she's overly used. So I'm glad that we're not... We're well, not you bring up Rogozar for crying out loud. I mean, he completely redid Kryptonian Mythos for crying out loud. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he changed everything. And for, to what end? Why would you even do that? Was it something that needed to be done? Was there no, something well, about that story that that rubbed you the wrong way? Why, why would you, that's like, oh, okay, so, like, hey, guess what I heard? In Matt Reeves' next Batman movie, we're going to find out that that's not what happened in Crime Alley. It was something Spoiler totally Lord. different. Spoiler. Jesus. I mean, come on. So, he doesn't do anything good. I, I hate everything that he's done. And this, yes, for the first time ever, we get kind of a good look into the background of a character that he's introduced. Just that's, rare. That's the only thing that I can say good about anything that he has done. I mean, I like the characters that, he, that he's invented, but he should have said, hey, I got an idea. Jenny Hicks, right? She'd make a great character. She'd be Jonah's, Jonah Hicks's great-great-great-great-granddaughter. Uh, and then here's another Teen Lantern, right? But she's like this super brainy kid that hacks. No, her. no, no, no. She stole. She well, stole. yeah, I know, but so she didn't okay. hack it, right? I, you know what I think happened there? Uh, I think that it. I mean, who? So she stole a hacked Green Lantern, which is a wuss. I'm like, really? She's stupid. Right, cool. That's right. Exactly. It's just she's got no redeeming quality. Why even? It doesn't make any sense. Why even have these characters if you're not going to do any? He should be some dude who. Um, I mean, you know, have you ever watched a Cat Williams stand up? Uh, I can't say I have. I can't think of the person. He's a short little black guy. He smokes a lot of weed. Kind of a high no. voice. Kind of bounces all over the place. But he he has this thing where he says, "Look, man, there's nothing worse than a than a stupid smart person when they're high, because they sit on a couch, right, and they're smoking a joint." And they go, you know, this is a couch, right? And I get this, but over there, that's a love seat. And I can't even sit on that unless I'm in love. I hate it. That's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of logic that I think goes through Brian Michael Bendis's head on a daily basis. That's, I think he's a very stupid person who knows how to, knows how to talk smart. And he, he's somehow, I don't know if he had ghostwriters helping him with his Marvel shit. 
Um, but, uh, I, I also heard from someone that, uh, that he had a real bad bout with MRSA and they think that that may have affected his brain in some way. But, um, the shit that he did at Marvel and, and, and the stuff that he has written for DC, they don't even look no. like the same person. Yep. It's a shame that when I get him as prime, cause right now it was like hype that he was coming over. Okay, cool. But. We're not get we getting him at his prime, okay? He's well past his prime. His prime was about like five, maybe ten years ago. Right now, we're getting him as like you know, like a hundred and twenty year old like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, great, but you know what? They're not good to us right now. Oh, I heard his Daredevil was good. I yeah. I read the beginning of his X Men stuff, and which that's one was what, that one? I uh, I couldn't I even tell you. It few was X Men books. Um. I couldn't even tell you. It was the the one that where he was trying to undo the stuff that Morrison had done, and um, which I I loved Morrison's one. I, that, Morrison made me actually go read Marvel comics, which is just something that I do not do. I hear a lot of people say that they love Morrison's run too. I, Morrison's run on the X Men was the only thing that actually made me buy Marvel comic books, and um. I mean, Brian Michael Bendis was like, oh, look at this beautiful world. Well, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come in here and destroy it. And then he went and he did that with Rogel Czar and Superman. Um, so that's, that, that is one similarity between, but, uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the guy that's writing this book just does not feel like the guy that, that was writing. Uh, that X-Men book who, who, while it wasn't bad to me, it just wasn't my thing, you know, because I was recognizing, but, uh, I just, it, it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't, I didn't hate it. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't for me, you know, uh, this, yeah. this, everything, everything he's done here, everything he's done in DC, including this issue. Speaking of which, we're going to go ahead and open it up and, um, I'm going to make this real simple on everybody. There are a bunch of indistinguishable aliens with real super tall and they've got tendrils for ear, ears, you know, and they're red. Some have two eyes, some have four eyes. Uh, some might be able to float. I don't know. Um, they, they have different shaped legs, but, uh, they are basically watching Krypton explode and launch a ship towards Earth. They figure out that somebody raised on a Krypton environment, somebody from that place would react and become a light god, um, which kind of makes sense on yeah. a, on a planet with a yellow sun because Krypton had a red sun. So, um, there's a whole, there's so much dialogue in this book. Without that, a doubt, I was gonna say that so much. Holy crap. I mean, there, there's over 30 pages, and it, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm not gonna lie, like, I, I had to skim the majority of this comic because it was, I just, I could not get into it at all. And then I just flipped to, uh, Clark Kent Smallville years later with Lana Lane, and, um, that's a lot to highlight too. A good amount. And then we go back to, uh, Sinmar. Sin, Sin, Sinmar? 
yeah, we go back to Sinmar and we can't, everybody has different names, but at the same time, they're all, they, the people are called Sinmar, the planet is called Sinmar, and one of the people are about, one of the people are also named Sinmar. So technically, like, if he was, like, fully titled out in old-fashioned England, his name would be, like, Sinmar the Sinmar of Sinmar. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, it just shows a very, very great creative skill by the writer, you know? I mean, super impressive there. Um, then again, we go over to the Daily Star where we see Lana Lang here and she's starting at the Daily, at the Daily Star. She looks out the window and she sees Superman fighting Lex Luthor. She realizes who it, who it was. Um, taking a Which picture. Which that kind of reminds me of, like, how Lana and the Superman anime TV show knew that Clock was Superman. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was a, um, like, an Easter egg or, like, unless some, like, nod to that show number. If it's so nicely done. Mm hmm. So, something small. So, that, that Sinmar, the Sinmar of Sinmar, um, they're gonna, change his name to Sinmar and <laughs> I'm not making this up uh, and and he is going to be their light god they have chosen that and they're watching everything that is going on on earth and they don't like it they consider it look at all the dialogue too uh, there's so many words here and they don't say anything some of it, his dialogue was just so unnecessary too. Like it was extremely unnecessary, excessive dialogue. And you know what? I think it's. I think this may be a direct, um, a direct response to, like his change in dialogue. Is normally he just does the latter dialogue between two people. So, and yeah. he he doesn't go into detail. So now he's going into all this crazy ass amount of detail, and it's still mm -hmm. not what we're looking for. I mean, with this much dialogue, you should just you know, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this. Half, at least half this, you don't need at all. No, okay, look, just on this double page spread, just on this one double page spread here, before we go any further, I think it's page 11 or so. Yeah. Um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six <laughs> word bubbles. And I am not making this up on this splash. Only half of the splash has word bubbles in it. Yep. Twenty-six on one page. And as I, a reader, do you really want to like read all of that in the comic book? No, you, you want, want to do half art, half comic. Half this, you know what? If 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 there's a reason for heavy dialogue, like for say example, um, uh, in the in the Deaths of Vic Sage book, I mean, there's that's a little heavy on the dialogue, but. It, there's a good reason for it. If there was a good reason for this, I wouldn't have a problem for it. But this is just all crazy. I'm baffled as artists who, like, with too much dialogue, the, the beautiful art is not shown as much as it should be shown. 
he ought to be glaring my eyes, not leading over the odd with a dialogue or a narration box. Yeah, I, looking at some of these panels, I can't even see things that are in between two of the characters, it uh, two of the Sinmars, <laughs> um, who are we are continuing to flip through. And say, um, they're looking at everything that's, they're looking at everything that the light god of earth has done for earth. And that's when they ask themselves, why don't we have a Superman? Um, so they make their decision to have their own Superman. Um, that would be the Sinmar, the Sinmar of Sinmar. And he's out to make the Sinmar Utopica. Which I'm guessing is like a utopia, but um, I guess supposed to be funny or creative. I'm not sure. Uh, but we get one big page of him yelling the Sinmar Utopica. And then we get another big page of him yelling the Sinmar Utopica. And then we get another big page of little tiny pictures and lots and lots of words. A lot of dialogue. Too much. Yep. It's absolutely insane. So we're going into all of this with with all of the Sinmar and the weird flashbacks for Superman and um, well, for Lana Lang and then in something that makes absolutely zero sense because she shouldn't exist anymore. Because Superman didn't die anymore. We have Lana Lang showing up as Superwoman. One half of the Superwoman who once was Lois Lane. But she, she this character shouldn't even be here. Well, I think she starts with powers. I, I never finished that book. I think I was like two issues away from finishing it. But I think she would still have her powers. Just because Superman would be born was kind of wonky how to kind of combine both of the pre and post um, Flashpoint Supermans t- together. Right. So, all right. Well, okay. I mean, I wasn't aware of that. I'm pre- I was pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure, or maybe I just assumed that she lost her powers and wouldn't. Ex- I, I don't know. I I always liked the costume, but. Uh, I think she should have been in like an, another, another book to like make her over better. But she she's shows like, up. She's new. She shows up just to quit. Exactly. So this is some this is somebody that we haven't seen since 2017 when her book got canceled. I yeah. And you're gonna bring her back just to have her quit? Why would you do that when you're building a super family? Ugh. He's really just about family, honestly. Like, Clark and Lois, they're not very, like, they're not the couple that they should be. We saw a lot of them being a couple back when we both started, but not anymore. We don't really see Lois and Clark together. And, you know, I haven't mentioned it yet, but um, the one redeeming thing about this book is uh, um, Ivan Reyes's, uh pencil work. And, mm. and and the the inks are the art just flat out period is gorgeous. I really like the faces um in almost every single panel. The far off less detailed ones like 
photos have less, um, I don't want to say resolution, but they, they, there's less detail to them than yeah. like the ones that aren't. And I mean, little things like that are that, that kind of stuff really makes a difference in my opinion, because you're, uh, you're paying attention to the detail. That's what makes a great artist in my opinion. A lot better than what we have been getting at action comics. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so in any case, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm blowing through these pages here. Uh, the page where Lana's look, what you're saying? No, go ahead. The page where Lana's looking at the yearbook. What's her face? Like, um, the top middle, um, panel like it looks shocked i don't really know why that's what i was like confused about yeah she's looking through it she looks closer and it's like oh i'm like oh what it doesn't really I, is is that when she is supposed to uh, maybe that's supposed to be when she realizes that Superboy was clark Kent. but she i knew that when she, she um saw him fighting i feel like I, this is Bendis. You have to figure out what he's trying to put out there. Because none of it's worth a damn. None of it makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um, but as we f- continue flipping through it, um, we have Sinmar, the Sinmar of Sinmar, who um, apparently also goes by Eisno Alcor, or maybe that's just a, a, a way of talking. But I, I can't. I can't tell this guy. Oh my god! But uh, we're flipping through it, and uh, Sinmar is arguing with another one of the Sinmar when uh, when he gets a, uh, a a call from the person in charge, and it says we are under attack. He comes back. He rows back to where they were, and. Everybody is gone. That's it. We should ask a little bit more context and like that too. It just, it just feels like a little bit we're missing something. Well, he's supposed That's to be happened. He's supposed to be a light god, and um, well, yeah, something happened. But I mean, I guess while he's been out pondering about being a light god. They were sitting there and they got to know who Superman was and stuff. And they just assumed that he would also be a Superman. And as the last guy alive is sitting there, he says, you should have been our Superman. You were not. You were. And then he dies. And Sinmar, the Sinmar of Sinmar says, what's the Superman? And then we're to be continued. I'm super not looking forward to having to read the the rest of this stuff. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait until he's done. When does he go away? This December is his last um, time on the book. So you have three more months left. Well, four during this month. 2021 will be a good year now. Hopefully. That's what I'm really hoping for. So, um, again, I absolutely love the art. And because of that, I am fully prepared to rate this much, much higher than people may expect. I'm giving it a five. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I want to give it a one. I just, I hate everything that he's doing. I, 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 I can't, I can't read this 
without without thinking of uh, like why are we introducing in the middle of everything else that's going on in the DC universe why are we introducing shit that's not related to anything else in one of the most popular characters books period Bennis does what Bennis wants and that's why Bendis should take a hike if I had an employee who just did whatever the hell he wanted without concern for my work or my company he wouldn't work for my company. And just saying, this book is six bucks. Six dollars for a steaming pile of poo, ladies and gentlemen. What would you uh, give this book, Anthony? Well, being just got set up issue, for issue one. I enjoy the art. Yes, it had way, way too much dialogue. I'm gonna go. Now, may I remind you, past 24 issues, Superman, I. It. it was just no, not fun to read. With that being said, I'm gonna give this a 5.5. And like I said before, before I said this was a good issue. With me saying that and giving this a 5.5, that says a lot about how Bendis is doing on this book. If I think a 5.5 is a good book, yeah, well, be- better, better than what has been doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, six bucks. First oversized issue that we should got more context. Next issue better show me something. Show me why I what's happening because I feel as if we're we missed something at the end. Like, wait, Superman did this? What? Huh? And I want to like it's just it's just as sad that when I give a five point five means it's this book is doing better. That should not be a good thing. That, no, you're, you're definitely right. I want to speed on out of Bendis writing super anything. Um, speaking of speed, let's get on over to Flash 761. That retails for $3.99, and it's written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Howard Porter and Hi-Fi. Letters by Steve Wan, and the cover was done by Howard Porter, too. Finish line part three. It's the Flash family versus the Legion of Zoom. Witness the biggest battle in Flash history as the two sides go head to head for the fate of the future. Can the Flash stop the unstoppable reverse Flash from dragging him down into his personal hell? Barry Allen can never escape? Um, Kind of. (laughs) I mean... This book is getting a lot of love. It was getting a lot of love this week. Like a lot. Like a Same. lot of love. Um, I didn't particularly mind it. Uh, it was kind of cool to flash forward and see John Fox. That now, was kind how, of neat. How would you feel about that Ebon was um, the real villain of Heroes in Crisis? How do I feel about that? Yes, about that would, reveal. As opposed to... Well, Wally, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> that was a major talk on Twitter all week, I feel like. It was just that one reveal. That he was... I mean, he's been... I mean, we might as well go ahead and talk about it. I mean, the Flash... This, this can be summed up rather quickly. I mean, it's... uh we uh we start off with everyone attacking each other uh we're getting a bunch of 
Joshua Williamson narration that we have to see in every issue. Uh, all of the little micro battles going on. Every panel looks good, man. Yeah, page two. If I could have that page with any any of the narration box, I would just love to have that like on a wall somewhere. Just the, the battle of everybody fighting heroes versus bad guys. Like that's just a nice art uh, with the whole Flash characters. You got the Vogues, you got the Speedsters, you got Jake Eric. Yeah, Jay, Jay's head looks a little weird. Maybe it's this thing looking at the camera. But in any case, um. The art throughout the entire issue, as usual, is pretty good. So thank you, Howard Porter and Hi-Fi, for giving me something to look forward to. Um, this is everybody coming together to fight all of the rogues. Uh, in the middle of which, uh, Max, Mir- Max Mercury decides that he is going to sit down in the middle of everybody fighting, literally in the middle of everybody fighting, and meditate. And none of the bad guys even go for him. The only speedster there, the only speedster there that isn't moving. He's just sitting still. And nobody attacked him. I thought that was odd. This was really, really, really weird. Um, Yeah, I hate that problem. No, that makes no sense. Why is he not being attacked? And what he does was just like, I felt it. That was so forced. It was a little forced. I mean, he could have could have zoomed out and zoomed back with what we see coming up in the next page after he stands up from meditating. And this, again, the this picture of uh, X Mercury here, I'm not very fond of. It looks, I'm not sure. I just, I don't like it. It, it doesn't look right. It almost looks unfinished. Um, but uh, we flip that page and we see a whole bunch of speeders and i'm talking all kinds of them now is that earth 2 jake garrick uh yeah, uh over uh, in the um in the all red the helmet Nick. yeah i'm not sure what his name is to be honest with uh he looks a little bit familiar but i don't recognize him having the blue on his costume so it's a little bit like fuzzy on which speedster that is from what earth the one with the Jay Garrick helmet? Um, or, like, or the Jay Garrick type costume from the Earth 2 books. Gotcha. You're talking about the one with the really long lightning bolt in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here right above, uh, Steadfast, oh. is that? Sure, why not? Trust the name. I think, like, <laughs> Forenza, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fuerza. Yes. She's from Force. Fuerza, Force. Yeah. Okay, um, but so uh, Max Mercury uses his meditation to reach out to all of these different ones from different Earths, and uh, we've even got Captain Cold, you know, the good gliders, the good the good rogues, and the, they call themselves the Renegades. Um, but uh, they all show up, and they start joining the fight, and uh, that's when we start getting into... Um, reverse flash messing with Barry's mind and telling him exactly how it is that that he's been controlling everything around the flashes forever. I mean, since their inception. Yep. Framing he, zoom. 
uh, yeah, with framing Zoom. Um, uh, Killing August brothers, August Hutt's brother. Influencing Wallace to go with, to go along with Robin's crazy work. Um, and then, of course, like you said earlier, uh, the big reveal that, 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 that he was responsible for what Wally did. I don't know how I feel about that. I just feel, feel as if here, Precious gets too much hate, which it should, but at some point, I feel as if DC wanted a scapegoat, so like, hey, we need somebody to forget about that book, so we need you to create a villain for that book. Uh, well, Wally West. Somebody that, I mean, I know Didio didn't like Wally. I know Didio had a problem with Wally for whatever reason. He also has a problem with Nightwing. But um, I, I don't understand how in somebody in that position could have a problem with certain popular comic book characters. But oh, yeah. That seems weird. But in any case, um, it just, it, I don't know. It just seems odd to me. Same. I wasn't a fan of the big reveal. Like, Wally, okay. Wally, Wally is so popular. Why? Okay, so why couldn't you have done that to Booster? Mm-hmm. Or somebody who doesn't matter. Somebody who you know damn well you are not putting out a weekly book for for quite a long time. It just doesn't make any sense. But um, so that's where we find out, you know, for sure. So what? It was you and he... Pond admits it. There's a big kaboom of blue lightning, and Find Me Barry finally shows up and blue word blooms. Um, Wally, Wally showing up, and that throws Thawne off his game, says, No, 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 this isn't right, that kind of stuff. And he runs off. Well, Flash says, Not so fast, Thawne, and he chases after him. The rest of the Flash family are all coming together after they've apparently won the rest of the battle. And um, they're uh, they're working together to send all the villains home. And so they all vibrate to, to do just that. And um, it works. At the end, they've got everything all put together. They're not everything all put together, but everything all, everybody all put back. Everything yeah. definitely not together. <laughs> How about but, uh, timeline? Nobody knows where uh, nobody knows where Barry is. Who is that um character? Um, the the green skin character with John Fox. Yeah, is he new? Yeah, I just think that's an extra person. I mean, they've gotcha. I mean, Too many species. I'm thinking who who's yeah, who. They're not. I I'm not familiar with that person. I mean, I know who John Fox is, but. Um, I don't not, I don't recognize the other person in it. Um but in any case we go back to them, John Fox and the other speechster and John Fox are basically saying that this isn't a good day, um, even though it involved the entire Flash Flash family prevailing over the Legion of Zoom. Uh it says uh the Flash family won that fight, but the war wasn't over. You see, the Flash's plan worked. They sent everyone back to where they should be. But so was Barry Allen. And because of that, this was the last time Barry Allen and Eobard Thawne ever raced. And we get 
Barry Allen yelling, I'm going to kill you, Thawne. So uh, that's how we wrap up the issue. Um, I'm used to seeing better art in a flash. I really am. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look to see who's been drawing it. But uh, this isn't the level of art that I'm used to seeing. It's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's not like I'm looking at John Romita Jr. or or Riley Rosmo, but um, it it is. I mean, it's it, I've seen better usually as as a point, you know, on the flashbook. Yeah. Uh, I think that this was a little crazy, um, but the balance was right back and forth. There wasn't. It was it was really word heavy, but it didn't read word heavy. Um, like like the Superman issue, exactly. There was a lot of word bubbles there, but it was broken up and done appropriately. Yeah, you know, and and I'm still not a f- I'm 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 just I'm not a fan of what Williamson has been doing in this Flash run. Um, I'm glad to see that it is finally all tying up, even if it means that it's all tying up without answers. Uh, I'm glad that it's coming to an end. (laughs) And it looks like he's at least trying to pull together a lot of different things from the Flash universe and making it work. So hopefully over the next three issues, we get uh, the lesser art than I'm used to. The cover wasn't all that great. It was a little bit wordy. And it was Joshua Williamson writing this. It just, um, I'm going to, and I'm calling this a good score because of those issues. I mean, you can't, you can't have all of that stuff and then downgrade the art on top of it. So this is getting a five as well. Oof. A five as well. I enjoyed the art for what it was. It wasn't, as you said, not the best, but it's not the worst. We've seen a lot worse in the past few weeks in other books. Um, some things felt a little bit forced, like how Max Mercury did his little med- meditation, and bam, all of these heroes come out. Um, which I kind of wish that a few that once we don't know anything about, well, the readers who jumped on since Rebirth, I wish we got like a little bit of like just a name panel of who the who they are. That could come in um handy for quite a few of them, because I can kind of like about. At least four or five of them are like, I do not remember seeing you at all throughout this book. Like that female flying girl in the purple costume. No clue who she is. I wish we got nameplates. Um, that is Magenta, my friend, I believe. Is that, isn't it? I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to go with yes, because you sound very confident with that answer. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it is. I'd really like to find out, but I'm not going to right now. <laughs> See, that's why I did wish, like, a page like this, it kind of would do justice to the characters, especially characters who not many people who are just jumping on since Rebirth, which was like four years ago, who they don't know anything about, just put a nice little nameplate of who they are. Just some simple, hey, this person, maybe I want the other stuff about them. But that's, enough with that. I would love that. I mean, that's how comics used to be done. But no. Some pages need them so bad. Yeah. But other than that, with the whole story, with 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 a group of like this, or with like the a, a book like Legion, 
I mean, yeah. when you have so many comic cook characters, especially on a panel like this, where we haven't seen so many of them in so long that, I mean, we, we kind of, we kind of should have that. Yeah. Even if it's a repetition, that would help because in the 2010, um, Legion book that I was reading, every single time that that character got, was on page, it had a nameplate, what planet they're from, what the powers, and by like issue three or four, I, I already knew about six of them on top of my my head before I even read that run, nothing about them, and bam, within a few issues, I knew all about those um characters. That'll help the reader know the characters a little bit better. Yeah, it would. It definitely would. But, um what are you I gonna think get, what what are you gonna rate this, Anthony? I give this a six out of ten. Six out of ten? Okay. You're just not feeling as mean as I am today. <laughs> Let's see what happens on Wonder Woman 762, retailing for $3.99, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Carlo Barbary, Matt Santorelli, and Alejandro Sanchez. Letters by Pat Bruzzo, cover by Sanchez and David Marquez. New villain alert, again. Liar Liar debuts. Random acts of violence are breaking out all over the earth, and Wonder Woman is closing in on the source. The problem? It looks like a new ally is to blame for the widespread pandemonium. Check out the debut of the deadly new villain Liar Liar in this issue, plus the shocking connection between this new threat and a face from the past. And Wonder Woman 762 starts out with Diana basically reminding herself who she is and explaining that lying, deception, misleading people is a tactic that they use for war. Um, it, it's something that they use for survival. It's a means to an end, but it's not. It's only something that they do when they absolutely have to, in other words. And then... Uh, after that, we flipped the page, and I want to say uh, I thought it was kind of neat seeing this solid white page here and mm -hmm. uh, having the different TV monitors of um, different different footage of all the different uh, chaos or so. Uh, yeah, the, the the different uh, the different chaos, the different um, incidences of of mind control that are happening throughout the country, um, and. Uh, we flip it, and um, I want to talk about. Uh, it, we we flip the page, and we see we got a a, a place burning down, and mm -hmm. um, this guy's husband is inside, and uh, we see a really the 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 fire type yeah um uh drawing here, the art to depict that uh, with this crash down here at the bottom of Wonder Woman involving wonder woman um the fire part is great but it's so powerful that i can't really tell what's going on underneath all of it um i can tell that it's wonder woman simply because of black hair and i recognize the headpiece in front of it and there's yeah. some there's some you know i mean you can see her body but it like it really overpowers it um but she she smashes in and um uh, there's another guy that's experiencing another hallucination. He thinks he's in Barbados with his husband. Um, obviously the one that was 
missing from before. She returns him, and uh, we go back to the office of Etta Candy, uh, Wonder Woman, and Etta and Maxwell Lord are uh, in a room. Uh, they've got him in the holding room. He's wearing his inmate oranges. Jumpsuit going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of back and forth and, you know, them, them saying, you know, you can't trust you're an unlikable guy. And he's like, your own damn lasso told you that this wasn't me. And it did. Um, he says, I'm sitting here with infinite patience, which should tell you something. So, uh, He's kind of defending who he is, rationalizing who he is, and he does yeah. not. He doesn't. De- he does not des- de- deny trying to kill Wonder Woman or do anything else. I mean, he he just says, you know, in between trying to kill you, I did accomplish a few other monumental feats. Um, but uh, to him, he's the good guy, basically. To, to, to him, yeah. To him, he's the good guy. And he's he's like, you need my help. This is to help people. This isn't about you. And um, they're you know they move forward with that. Uh, Maxwell Lord is being uncuffed, and uh, Wonder Woman saying, make sure you keep those inhibitor collars handy for when he puts humanity on the back burner and turns on us. But uh, Edda reminds her, look, that it's a, it's a bad choice, but it's a desperate measure. So that's what has to happen. And then we see, okay, Mulaney, we've got stuff to do action elsewhere. Um, liar, liar. Maxwell Lord's daughter, apparently, uh, that we did not know about before. Now, who said the okay, Mulaney? Did, did the um, police say that? Or did... Um... Uh, I'm going to assume that it's... Um, Oh, it's Emma. Emma is her name. But then why is the text box not, like, um, that color? Well... Because in the she, panel, it's white. In the panel, it is white, but she wouldn't be mind-controlling the bunny, right? And I think that the, the, that, that, that word bubble, the coloring that they're using here, I think that that is to signify when she's using her mind-control powers. Gotcha. Huh. And she's using them obviously on the MP here, the military police officer. Uh, you're telling saying you're going to use your military thingies to find out where Max Lord is going and turn up the air conditioning. And this again, um, referring to him as Max Lord, this throws me off a little bit because I've never heard him referred to as Max Lord before. It's always Maxwell Lord, but, uh, so we see that, and we've got more of Etta telling Wonder Woman all the different places where the attacks are happening, the, the psychotic breaks, the mind control incidents, whatever you want to call it. And um, that we're, we're, we're just seeing a couple more incidents. We get a, we get a really cool looking. Um, her face could probably be better. But we get a really cool looking um, uh, splash page, double splash page of Wonder Woman reflecting, def- deflecting the bullets mm-hmm. with her gauntlets. I thought that that was done really well. Oh yeah, especially how like some of the arms are like lightly colored, so it shows that they that they're moving. 
Yeah. That was I, nasty touched. I think that this looks way better than, than like motion lines does. This, this is cool. Um, I wish that more artists, I wish that more artists would do this. Especially like action scenes or like fight scenes. Like this would be nice to see. Cause you see the bullets, dark color shooting the, um, lightly, um, color on, but you can tell that they're still moving. So it still gets the job done. Just another way. Something that we don't really see that much. Hopefully we'll see it again in this book. Right. Alright. Um, we, uh, so we've got Wonder Woman wrapping up this man with a gun at this back. Maxwell Lord comes in and makes him stop with his mind control. And another guy comes out with another gun. And he goes to shoot Maxwell. And Wonder Woman saves him. And when he realizes what happens, he snaps at the guy and says, you're a terrible shot for a man that thinks he's a dog. And all of a sudden, the guy starts barking. Um, so, I, and Wonder Woman yells at him. For it. Now, where did it hit him? Where did it hit him? Yeah, because look at Because his nose is bleeding, though, too. Well, um, Does his nose bleed when he uses his powers? I don't know. I think it's only when he really pushes his powers that that it can do that sometimes. I don't gotcha. think it's something that happens all the time. Um, so that's all wrapped up and Wonder Woman makes him put the guy back. He makes jokes, says fine, but I'm leaving him scared for life. And um, they're Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman are actually having kind of a civil conversation at, at this point, talking about why he changed. He's explaining it that when the source wall fell, he saw everything, every second of every minute broken open, time itself broke apart. So he says that basically he's, you know, he's, he sees every, he saw everything that was going to happen and he knows everything that's going to happen. And He's he he doesn't want to be the guy that he was before, or at least not not exactly the kind of guy. Um, and then that uh, nah, he he's continuing with that. He that he refuses to have his future dictated into the ground, and he's gonna t- try to do what he can to take that back. Basically, that's why he's helping out. Uh, we go back to Emma and the military soldier, um, military police officer. And um, he, he, she tells him, when you find Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman, you're going to plow this car right into him. And, and the, you know, um, Mulaney jumps out of the car, the bunny. Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord we see next. And Maxwell Lord says, this was you? So he knows who she is. And she replies, yep, the name's Liar Liar. Good to see you, Dad. And next issue is called Daughter Dearest. Um, while he's getting a little loose with the pencil work for Wonder Woman's face, everything else is really, really great. He's getting really like he's giving her very diminutive, the small point yeah. and the small pointy nose, and that's not what I think of when I see Wonder Woman. But um, she looks like a teenager, a little bit like a young, like a. Late teens, but like a early twenties. Like, yeah, she's drawn to be super young for some reason. I don't understand. Um, 
altogether, the stories the story is continuing to be good. I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, for the first time ever, I'm actually possibly buying into Maxwell Lord's bullshit and thinking maybe we're gonna see like him at least for the time being be a good guy, uh, which would be rather interesting to see him and Wonder Woman work together. And um, with the past too, with their paths, it's it's, it. I think it's really cool, and I'm I'm digging. Uh, with Mariko Tamaki taking over Wonder Woman, I I started off hating the very first issue, and every issue that I've read since, I like it more and more. Um, I'm actually the the art throws it down a little bit. So um, I'm going to be giving Wonder Woman 762 a score of 7.5. Ooh. I will admit, I enjoyed this issue. Um, I enjoy the offer what it was. I just do not like how Wonder Woman is drawn like a late teens slash early 20s. I kind of want the artist. Who is even on art for this book? Um... For for Wonder Woman, it's yeah. Barbary, I think. Yeah, Carlo Barbary is doing the pencils, and uh, Matt Centerly, and I think I Alejandro want, Sanchez does the colors, which are always beautiful. I kind of want them on like a Teeny Titans or like a Young Justice book, just with the, how the, how they draw things and how the the colors that they use will be very nicely done. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, oh, what was it? That page where she's like reflecting the bullets. Mm-hmm. That was nicely done. How it's some different. When you have something different in a book, it definitely sparked my interest. So I'm like, okay, you have my attention. You're doing something I have not seen before. Go on. This is a lot better than what it was like 5, 10, 15, 20 issues ago. So I'm so glad about that. I'm glad that I'm jumping back on. And with that, I'm going to say, um, an eight out of ten. I wasn't going to go at seven, but as we're discussing, I'm like, you know what? I really enjoy this issue. This is actually a it, lot of fun. It it really is, man. And um, I mean, I I I've been rating these issues really high. Uh, I feel like, like I said, it dropped down just a little bit because I think that the art quality has faltered just a tiny bit, and I want to see it go back up there and it can get eight plus. And I do like how this how this run is not about like. The gods, or about like, but anyway, on the, the mascara, it's just like it's refreshing. It is. It's it's for the longest time when there was Wonder Woman stories that had to be something to do with the gods, and then mm-hmm. you know, even more recently, if we have a Wonder Woman driven story, with the exception of Death Metal, I guess is technically a Wonder Woman driven story. She's so, okay, acting, yes. That's Batman right. story. It, it it feels like a Batman story to me too. Um, yeah. Wonder Wo- Wonder Woman is the head of the team, but um, it's dark and gritty, and maybe that's why it feels like a Batman story to me. But uh, I mean, regardless, um, it's just it it is really nice to see something new being done. Yeah, and 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 even pulling it off with well-established characters with a well-established history and giving us something new and mm-hmm. making it enjoyable. That just shows how easy it is to make that happen. 
yet we have so many other writers at DC that are being that are either crappy writers or just being really like and and not doing stuff like this and that makes me um so yeah you know just you know what fuck it it's going to an 8 uh, my final score is an 8 on a wonder woman hey we're there both 2 8 all right and uh i wonder what nightwing is capable of getting Number 74, written by Dan Jurgens, retailing for $3.99, excuse me, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Ryan Benjamin, Richard Friend, and Rain Barreto. Letters by And World Design, with the cover by Travis Moore and Alejandro Sanchez. The Joker has poisoned Rick Grayson's mind with false memories and pitted him against Batgirl, the Robins, and Batman. As Batgirl realizes the key to ending this nightmare is through the crystal around the Joker's neck, it's up to Grayson to use it on himself and fight for who he really is, Nightwing. And if he doesn't get stuck in his own memories, will he be able to rescue the Bat family from the Joker's plans and end this cruel joke once and for all? I guess we'll find out. Anything you wanted to say about this particular issue before we get started, Anthony? Yeah, well, it was just one fun. As I told you before throughout this week, how there's one thing in this show that as soon as Jason said it, I'm like, now you realize this? Ew. <laughs> I thought that this book should have been a series finale. Yeah, I, just because of how it felt. Yeah, and honestly, I think that the only reason why it's not is because it's just going to get tied into the joke. And yet this book still has not been canceled. It's up Solicitations up till December, still going strong. Well, I wonder where. Well, I mean, <laughs> people are gonna. People may actually just buy it again just because it's Nightwing. I hope they do something good with it. Um, if if Jurgens is still on it at that point, then um, then it's definitely time to change it up, man, and quit recycling stories. We saw that happen a little bit with Rick Grayson. Um, where, where there were recycled plot points. And I like Dan Jurgens. I like the way he writes. I, I like the way he dialogues. Um, I just, uh, I, I, the, the, this entire Rick Grayson thing, I've been really disappointed in. And not just because I'm a Rick Grayson hater. I am glad to see Nightwing coming back, but it, it, it just hasn't, it hasn't felt like my Nightwing. You know what I mean? Rick, it had potential. But I felt as if they didn't want it. He could let a, a great team, which were, we saw like a, two stories of them. Hopefully we see the aftermath of that team now that Nightwing is, is maybe he'll be back at the end of this issue. Um, but did you read the beginning of, um, Rebirth with that character of Raptor? Raptor. Yeah. I don't know why that's not ringing a bell. Oh, did, man, did I ring? You asking about Nightwing's rebirth? Yeah, yeah, I read it they, all. They I, I'm just not remembering it. Called on Raptor. I kind of want him because I kind of want him to just make another appearance in this book. Just because how it was set up, he's supposed to be a arch rival to Nightwing. He's a great character that again, the wasting away. Have Nightwing have a legit rogues a legit rogues gallery. Yeah, that's something he desperately needs. You know, if if he could actually develop his own rogues gallery, he wouldn't get 
sucked into teams uh, quite as often. But I mean, that said, uh, he he makes a great team captain or team oh, yeah. leader. Um, that speaking of him, let's go ahead and talk about his comic book, which opens up with us looking at B, and uh, she's running. Talking about how she hates Gotham City, and she's looking for somewhere that Rick will be. She's following the sirens because she is figuring that if there's trouble, he's going to respond to it. We flip the page, and um, with in with, with some a very bad art, uh, but not not the colors so much, but everything else. Um, I'm really not a fan of this. This looks bad. Um, we have more than half a page of art here, and it just looks like it was drawn to be one of nine panels on a page and then blown up. It makes me sad to see this in a prominent book. But uh, so we've got Nightwing, or excuse me, we've got Dicky Boy, <laughs> uh, Tim Drake as Robin, and Red Hood. And they are all uh, sitting there while the clowns are rushing at them. And Dickie Boy is talking about a bomb like boom time, kitty body strewn in the rubble. And he says, Red Hood says, what are you talking about? Wait, I, your clothes, I recognize them. So they've been time. sitting there for how long? And all of a sudden he recognizes the clothes of the guy that he was literally just fighting. This is retarded. Oh no! no. Um, I I I don't. Lost. I it's so stupid. Um, like night song. No, here's a nice and quick and easy way to tie everything up. I recognize you now. Okay, so Mister Red Hood, I'm offended. Um, that it took you this long to figure it out. He kicks Jason and punches uh, Tim and uh, B's there to watch it. Rick has lost it. She's talking about it. So Dick has got the surprise on Jason and Tim and he's kind of kicking the snot out of him. He's really kicking the snot uh, the whole time. Why DCDH Tim? Because once they answer Tim, Tim just looks so young. And beginning of people, he's he's in college, living good lives, and now he's like, because he's like in like in like middle school and high school at the most. He looks so young now. He looks really super young, and I don't quite understand that. I mean, he was in college when he discovered who Batman was, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, right? So it's been quite a while since then. Uh, even then, he shouldn't look like he's 16. You're right. Uh, Dick's kicking the hell out of them all with a smile on his face with Joker and Punchline watching from the building above. Joker's getting emotional again and Punchline's just feeding into it. Um, the clown thugs are ganging up on everybody. Which I don't understand how Tim and Jason cannot take down um, Dick, but before both Barbara and Jason on different times could take on like an equal fight one on one with Dick because like Dick was somewhat holding back as he was fighting, but now Dick can easily just take down both of them. It doesn't make sense. Um, Tim is—I mean, Tim's a good fighter. He's not the world's best. Yeah, but, but he shouldn't be like taken down so easily. 
he definitely shouldn't be taken down so easily. I mean, he is a Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason is far better, but you do see him getting pummeled a lot harder. Uh, Tim gets punched while Jason gets kicked in the face. Jason also gets a bar to the face, this big long rod <laughs> smacked upside his cheekbone. Although you like how in this issue, in Red Hood, the um his um Jason's like helmet is like the same like like broken. Because so I was just looking at that issue and like it matches where it was broken. Usually within two books, a little bit of like a change in a costume you'll see. But the artist didn't know that, but now like you do see both of the artists in both the last issue of Red Hood and this issue of Nightwing. Yeah, um, Red Hood's like mask, it matches, which is like, I feel like it's rare with whole continuity thing. It is. I mean, we we've, we've both seen things that where they've messed up just inside of an issue, so that is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, but him and his broken mask get the hell kicked out of him, and uh, that's when Nightwing lets Jason know that. Uh, who he is basically he's dicky boy the boss's kid that means he's he's management so jason draws his gun and uh tim's like remember don't hurt him but jason says that's up to him if he steps over the line i'd be more than happy to meet him there that's jason i like and um uh dick comes back to kicking the hell out of jason um for no reason i mean he was i mean out of nowhere he uh, somehow sneaks up on Jason when they're both out in the open, and that doesn't make any sense. B is still watching from the side, and she's not sure what to do. Um, Joker's still watching, talking about how his dicky boy finally has a chance to finish what he started years ago by snuffing Jason for good. And that's when Batgirl shows up and starts hacking the shit out of Joker. Gotta love it when that happens. <laughs> and um, Dicky boy picks up a gun and he uh Jason Jason says you don't have the stones to pull the trigger Dicky boy shoots a couple um warning shots just to prove that he can and uh he pulls the gun up on Jason and says the next got the next shot goes through the old eyeball you get to pick right or left and that's when Barbara drops from above in her Batgirl outfit and uh takes Dick out we get to see Tim in there deactivating the bomb. And uh, pretty much everything has changed to Dicky Boy and Batgirl fighting. And um, he's getting ready to shoot Barbara too. So Barbara is seeing the... She had, she had grabbed the, 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 the crystal from <laughs> from the Joker before. And I'm assuming intending on using it. But she loses it in the fight. And uh Dick has got a Dicky boy has got a gun pulled on her now and she's like, You wouldn't you won't shoot me. He says, Yes, I would, it's in the jeans. Uh Joker's hearing it and he's yelling at him, Do it, pull that trigger. And um Dick is sick sitting Dicky boy is sitting there actually hesitating as Barbara's like, You you know what that sadistic psycho did to me. He is, he's actually, he's actually hesitating a little bit. And that's when B runs up, grabs the necklace and starts selling him that he's been abused too long. The time has finally come for the real Richard Grayson to come back. 
and he snatches the the crystal and she says take it make it yours and uh, dick starts going back through all of his memories everything that he's been going through all the different fake memories and figuring out exactly what it is that or who he, who it is that he who he is his past and um we said, Rick, are you okay? And he says, yeah. And he said, she, he throws the crystal down. And she's like, Rick? And he said, not Rick, Dick. Batgirl's thanking B. And Batman shows up. So I know it too. Like, yeah, just out of nowhere. Of course, now that he's Dick again, Batman's been secretly watching and waiting so he can show up at just the right time and say, hey, welcome back. And this takes place um, during Joker War 2. Exactly. This is taking place during Joker War, so this is absolutely insane. At what point does this happen? Because right now he's just coming off of an acid trip <laughs> where he was crying and shit to, to, to Alfred, and then he beat the hell out of Punchline. So we're, 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 I, it, none of this. Oh, that Not one bit. Nope. me. It makes me so sad. I am glad to see Nightwing back. And um we get we get some dialogue in a couple of pages. It's not really the art's not very good. The the dialogue isn't very good. It's just only you could beat this. Yay, Dick, you did great, Dick, blah 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 kind of shit. And then Tim's running out, says it was the purple wire, because he was the it's supposed to be deactivating the bomb. And uh, there's uh, the the five of the members of the Bat family, Red Hood, Batgirl, Batman, Tim Drake, and now Nightwing. And um, that's Dick looks around for where B is, and she's already taken off. And we see next issue, Nightwing returns. My final score on this sucker is... How do, how do, how, okay, so I think the whole mind control, everything was completely ludicrous. Um, so that got wrapped up and that makes me happy, but mm. it was handled in such a sloppy way, just like all the entire, the entire story arc was. Oh, God, down. And, um, I mean, the sloppy way that the comic books got, got linked together, um, why did he even leave, too? Oh, well, I'm assuming because she felt like he's going back to his old life and she's not his old life. Uh, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the last time we'll see. Me. But uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm glad, I'm so happy Nightwing is back. But I have to remind myself that I can't let that skew this score. The art is something that I'm just not happy with from start to finish. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it definitely should be better, especially oh, yeah. for a bat book. Um, man, I'm I'm gonna have to give this a six out of ten. Yeah, the art honestly, it's been we've had better in this book, and it just sucks. Like some of the panels, like it needs a little bit more detail, like that page where Tim is running saying it was purple wire. I'm like. I no, that's just a piss poor job. Um, there's a few panels as well. Like again, 
details, details, details are important. Even just the smallest detail, it makes a huge difference of being an okay page to a great page. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, now that Dick is back, hopefully we see some... Hopefully we actually get, like, a... Hopefully it gets an, an improvement. Because just because he's back, doesn't really mean the book will be any better with the same writer. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was Red Hood I enjoyed. Wasn't a big fan of The Last Night Wing. Unfortunately, this follows along with it. So, not that big fan of this one as well. Going with a 5.5 out of 10. 5.5? Okay, so he finally, he, he scores lower than me, guys. <laughs> finally. Um, Alright, so uh, next we're going to go ahead and move on over to Batman and the Outsiders number 16. And uh, that was retailing for three ninety nine, written by Brian Hill, with art by Dexter Soy and Veronica Gandini, letter by Clayton Cowles, and the cover was done by Tyler Kirkham and Arif Prianto. If the last chance for the team to save the world and to save Orphan and Signal from giving their allegiance to Lady Shiva. Plus, will Katana's Soul Taker sword finally break for good? Will Black Lightning give off his last spark? And will Batman be able to stroll Raish Al Ghul's weapon? <sighs> In true usual website fashion, not much of that relates to anything in this story. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've we we open up to a young a look at uh, at Jefferson and how he was um dealing with his power as a kid that he hid them because he didn't understand them um but now he is at a point where he didn't know what he could be and now he now he does um uh, we've got the entire outsider team uh, Shiva, uh, Katana, um, Signal, Orphan, and what is her name again? Oh, so starts with a B. Babylonian or Baba? Babylon? Babylon? Sure. Let's go that one. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, doesn't really uh, do much. No, she doesn't do much. Um, except hang people from a crane every once in a while. Um, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I love Dexter Soy's art, but Rachel Ghoul in here kind of looks like a very, very smart chimpanzee. <laughs> and I'm he does. Just, I'm just with his hair too. Yeah, it's just that's what that's what he reminds me of. I just I could I could easily see this character as a Planet of the Planet of the Apes character in a comic book, and I would be totally fine with it. Um, but we're opening up, uh, Batman and the Outsiders are there, it's over Raish, and, um, you know, uh, Raish is acting all high and mighty, uh, he unleashes the weapon and it knocks everybody down, he's talking some serious smack about how, uh, you know, he got so much power now, he's above that, he floats out to deal with Jefferson and uh, Black Lightning. And uh, tells his henchmen to do with them what you will. I must deal with the teacher. And he goes out to Jefferson. And um, this whole red light versus blue lightning thing. Uh, 
this is something that you take a chance on in comics because it can come off looking really, really fucking tacky, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. I think it looks real good. Uh, that little panel, the third, the third one down with him off in the distance coming from behind Jefferson. I wish that was a full page splash. That would have been wicked cool. Man. Uh, we're back inside the building, and everybody's messed up except for Orphan. She was telling her to rise and show them what you are. We go back up onto the rooftop, and Jefferson's descended. His ball of lightning is gone. But uh, Raish is amping up his little lightness. They're trying to talk about, uh, you know, Raish is trying to get into his head, basically. Jefferson's basically saying, bite my ass. (laughs) And, (laughs) I mean, that's essentially what's going on here. And um, egg him on. He, you know, he's really trying to, really, really trying to egg him on. We go back inside, and um, Orphan is taking on everybody else. Batman's just getting to his feet after Orphan and Shiva do. I wish we had uh, more of that battle. That battle was a little bit too quick. You could do a lot with her, her fighting skills. I think like easily at least two more pages of her just kicking ass fighting will be perfect with especially with Texas Toys artwork. I'm gonna gorgeous. Be, I'm gonna be really, really disappointed if I don't get a a Batgirl series after the reboot featuring mm-hmm. featuring her as Batgirl. I'm I'm gonna be mad. But we, we go back to it. Um uh Batman uh, or excuse me, Shiva is telling Batman that she deserves more than he gives her and he says, I know. Um, she continues to, she, she goes on to whoop the snot out of him. Um, here's a good, see, now the motion lines like this where orphans, uh, flying towards those guys, how yeah. it's blurred there. Now that's motion lines that I don't mind. That looks cool as hell. I dig that. Um, if it's not, when it's not blurred and made to look like motion is actually there, then it just motion lines just throw me off. You know, like put them in a flying pose and then I'll know they're flying. Yeah. <laughs> so she's there fighting everybody off herself for absolutely no reason because everybody else is up on their feet now. And then we go, <laughs> we go uh, back outside and there's more smack talking between Raish and Black Lightning. Uh, Raish saying, "You know what, dude? Just let me be the bad guy tonight. Tomorrow you can be the good guy. You know, I mean, let's let's. I'm trying to compromise with you. Uh, Black Lightning not not having it. Go back inside, and it's still just Orphan kicking the hell out of the three bad guys mm-hmm. that are there. Um, again, keep in mind that Katana Shiva." Babylon or whatever her name is and Batman are also in there, but they're making the youngest of the group do all the fighting. Um, it's one good show. Right. Back relax and watch the kick-ass show. Uh, going back from the last time we saw black lightning and rage, black lightning says, look, man, I'll give you one last chance. He said, no. Um, then we saw inside. Now we're back to black lightning and Ray Abdul and black lightning says, fine. And he unleashes a whole buttload of electrical energy on. Um, 
we see debris flying and all kinds of stuff behind them. And Raish says, I will not be felled. I can endure you. You'll have to destroy me. You do not want to make me your enemy school teacher. And uh, Jefferson wants to kill him, but he's not going to. Uh, Raish gives him a warning that uh, from this day you will never. So Black Lightning shoots him again, but it's it's not lethal. Now that Orphan has handled the bad guys, everybody turned around. Uh, Signal, I forgot, Signal is also there. And uh, I guess they just were, the five of them were just watching Orphan take on those three. Um, <laughs> Shiva's telling her daughter that she's proud of her. And uh, Batman shows up and to where Jefferson's at. And he's Jefferson, Jefferson says, save the speech. I didn't kill him. Um, Batman's warning him, you know, about race. And once he knows you, he doesn't forget you. Black Lightning is talking to Batman saying, I have more power than I thought, don't I? And Batman tells him, you should be standing next to Diane and Clark. I've always known. That'd be nice. Him on the Justice League team. It would be, but I'd really like to see Black Lightning in a leadership role. And Mm -hmm. unless they're going to give that to him, I don't want him to go to Justice League. Give him another team. Bring back the the Outsiders or reissue this and continue the storyline and have it be Black Lightning and the Outsiders. Um, Since he's learning about his powers, then it should be about it could be a character. It could be a character development driven story arc with him focusing on his powers, Duke focusing on hers. Um, Cass going over to being Batgirl and the other people working on their relationship. I mean, it would just Katana and Shiva. It does seem like, like uh, foreshadowing, like Justin to lead his own team. Shao he says, like, you should be leading a team. I feel like that's a little bit of foreshadowing for like an upcoming book or something. I can only hope. Especially how they have one panel with Black Lightning and everybody else behind him. It looks that makes him look like it's like a legit team poster right there. Yes, it does. And Batman says at that point, you don't need me now. I'm not sure you ever did. I've lost so many things. Watch life shatter around me. But you all held. And for that, I'm grateful. I have one more request of the Outsiders. And Signal says, what's that? And on the next page, we get a cool um, Batman leaping from the building splash, which is always nice to look at. And he says, I'll tell you when we get to Gotham. Then the next issue is Outsiders No More. Um, I like the issue. The art was the art is always good, despite race looking a little like a chimpanzee in those close-ups or ape whatever monkey i don't know but in any case um the story's good i i wish i wish that we could focus some on signal because i feel like he's an underused character and since we have him we should probably do something with him or forget him you know shove him off in some mission in Alaska or something, but just do something with the guy for um, Like, he should have used this, like, it's been him and Orphan, those three guys, have him face one guy one-on-one and just have him use his powers. 
right? That would have been nice. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna give. I'm telling you, the art, the art was great. Dexter Soy always kicks ass. Uh, the storyline wrapped up good. Uh, we don't get a lot of character progression or anything, but we are wrapping up the the storyline, and I believe it's coming to a close next month, if I'm not mistaken. I think the next issue is the last issue, isn't it? Um, I think so. I know, like, I if, thought it was if, this if, year, if, but I guess not. But if not, it's coming up real soon. Um, but uh, just how the um uh, thing said, "Outsiders no more." The next one. But uh, I'm gonna give this a seven, seven out of ten. Actually, actually, I'm going seven five. Oh damn, seven five. Okay. I will admit we've seen better art from Texas Soy. Um, no clue why, but this art it, it was good. Just was not at his Texas Soy's prime. Um, between that, um, no, I enjoyed. It's, it's not as Vast work, but I mean, it's still, it's still yeah, it's way. good for yeah, for like that page where like Justin just blasts Rachel Girl with all he's got that looks nice. And when you see uh, Black Lightning and Rachel Girl up in, th- in the sky, oh no, that's a, that should have been its own page right there. That would have been nice. Uh, I'm with you. Um, yeah, between then, uh, I just wish we got a little bit more action with the roster that we have. Whether it's just like more action from Cass, more action from Signal, not even more action from Bruce or um, Shiva or even Container, just more action from people we don't really see from. We don't really see much of Signal. The new character, Babylon, Baba, who cares what the name is because she's not important in this book. At this point, she's a nobody. Because we don't see her do anything in this book. She has no importance at all. Which is a shame. You introduce this big kid, you introduce this character, at least do something with her, make her useful, show me why she should be on the team. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. I mean, this, this run started off with her having her powers, then do something with the powers throughout this run. Because unfortunately, I would love to give this a high score of at least 8, 9, 10, 20, 85, 2,000. But nah, I think I'm going to 6.5 out of 10. Alrighty. We are going to move on over to Deceased Hope at World's End number 9, retailing for 99 cents, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Marco Faila and Rex Locus. The heroes have regrouped at the Fortress of Solitude following the rescue of survivors from Jundheim. As they plan their next course of action, a possible weapon is discovered that could help balance the scales against the anti-living. And it's in the hands of the Pied Piper? That was a spin I didn't see coming, but then again, most of the stuff that Taylor throws at me, I never see coming. And that's a good thing. Um, So, I'm gonna say straight off uh i i would really like to see marco fi uh, um drawing some of the comics that my kid reads he is into the young stuff like the teen titans go books and the batman adventures continue books and i would like to see marco fi uh, draw in some of that stuff um that said 
uh, I can do without him being in my stuff. Um, <laughs> it's it's not absolutely horrible. It's just it's very 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 animation based. Yeah, it's it's it, a lot of it is silly. Everybody is drawn young looking. Has a cartoon type vibe to it, like a young like, book too. Yeah, like very very young audience oriented art style here um but starting the starting the book up they are back in the fortress of solitude and um what's the timeline of this um issue this is right after they got back from juttenheim where the mountain base was sliced off and they had just outran black adam i know but like how we have when Deceased books came out, we have the six main books, and then we, right now we have the sequel, Hope at Worlds, I mean, um, at Dead Planet. But what point during those six and that sequel does this issue take place at? Um, Hope at World's End is in between, is in between Deceased and the other title. Um, uh, what is it? Deceased, uh, because why is Cyborg even there? Because doesn't he pop up at the end of um, Deceased Issue 6? Cyborg? Yeah, I thought... Because I, I know mean, that I, he was in like a little bit of the first run, I thought. Oh, I mean, he was. He was the he was the agent of the infection. I mean, he was what was he used... Too. Yeah, yeah, he was what was used to disperse it to Earth. But, um... Uh, we're back in the book and Clark's getting a pep talk from Lois and, you know, she says, if you're here, I, I need, you know, I'm here if you need me. Um, uh, granted, I said Clark, but he is dressed like Superman and Jimmy busts in the door and sees the two of them kissing. He freaks out and says, what would Mr. Kent say? And then we find out I'm just messing with you. I just know who you are. He looks like he is 12 years old. <laughs> he flat out looks like he's 12. Um, uh, they're there just, they, they jibber jabber just a little bit. And he says, Cyborg wants to show us something. And, uh, they all go back out to the, wherever the big screen is. Let's call this mission control. And, um, we've got, uh, we've got, um, him and Luther teaming up to connect a few LexCorp satellites and, uh, everybody's, you know, giving Luther the appropriate amount of shade as we're sitting here um, discussing what's going on. Uh, they're putting together a plan on where to take the survivors, where to institute everything going forward. And um, uh, Talia is not very happy that they're that they're planning on scooping people up and shoving them off in, into two locations. She's really pissed off about it, as a matter of fact. Um, John Kent and Damien are kind of smirking about how their moms are fighting, and uh, there's a lot of there. There's a lot of debate. Uh, cyborgs here. Um, super, you know, this is obviously before they find out about there being a cure or anything. Mm. Um, uh, cyborg doesn't believe that the infected are honestly alive. And um, he doesn't want to give up on anybody. So his idea is to evacuate people 
instead of just murder them. Uh, he says, all right, so what's the first thing that they need to do? They need to send a team to Central City because something weird's happening there. And um, Central City's police chief, David Singh, is holding up inside of the building uh, with none other than uh, the Pied Piper. His boyfriend or husband. His, uh, I think it's his boyfriend. I think. It's one of the two. And, uh, but, I thought they may have been married in the main continuity, but I could be wrong. But I know that they are an item. Yeah, I know they're, I know they're together. I guess the relationship title doesn't matter. Nah. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, he's barricading the thing and he's like, they're going to find a way in unless you can, unless you can stop them, Hartley. And of course, uh, he's there playing with his sonic flute and, um, he says, I can't control them. All I seem to be able to do is attract them. And, you know, obviously they don't want to do that. Uh, Singh has a couple of bullets for them in the event that they get overrun by the infected so they can shoot themselves rather than be a zombie and Pied Piper is like, um, what if we want to be undead? Have you ever been a zombie? Maybe it's constantly fork. You don't know. I mean, he's, he's not exactly down with the idea of taking that. That's just dark. Just when he was looking at, at the gun saying, I have two bullets. Man, that's just some dark stuff right there. Um, yeah, it is dark. Um, I mean, I can imagine plenty of people, uh, considering that, uh, mm-hmm. In, in 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 an event like this, I mean, if it comes down to it, yeah, I don't want to be eating like a drunk person eating a taco. That's not that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, but uh, we turn the page and we see Martian Manhunter starting to come in, and he scoops him up, and um, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Martian Manhunter obviously are responding to the weird thing that's happening in Central City and that weird thing that was happening was the Pied Piper sun summoning them all with his flute. Um, now, so, the way that uh, Martian Man is drawn definitely has a, like, Dodgers League anime TV show kind of style. Oh, yeah, for sure. He really does there. Um, and he's uh, Superman and Wonder Woman are saying, why are they all here? Why this building? And Pied Piper says, because of me and because of this. If anyone told me that the Pied Piper could be more important than the biggest hitters in the Justice League, I would have said that they were mad. But that's where we found ourselves, hoping for a miracle from a man and his flute. Next, play that funky music. All right. Well, I didn't enjoy the art as much as I normally do in the Deceased series. Um this it didn't offend me it didn't make it hard to read i would just rather see more more realistic artwork going forward rather than the cartoony style but ultimately i think that the issue was pretty darn good um i find it interesting and i can't wait to see what they do with the idea of pied piper being able to attract them with his flute um so I'm going to give this one a, again, the art wasn't the best for me, so not as high as I normally go for a deceased book, but this one is going to be a 7 out of 10. So, I think for me, the art, it really didn't, like, I kind of somewhat enjoy the art, um, 
but I feel like this had a little bit of continuity issues just because, like, when we saw them on the first run, they're all just on the Daily Planet the whole time, basically. So just seeing them, how they got from top of the Daily Planet to here and then back there, it just felt as if for a solo issue, great issue, but with the issue being in the deceased world, some things just didn't mesh up with me. Um, and unfortunately, that's what I got count into in effect. Um, it didn't have that met many like memorable moments as we have seen it in the past, like throughout most of deceased or any of the injustice or any of the Tom Taylor, um, issues. He has at least has some memorable moments, but for me, I honestly cannot think of like much of a memorable moment from this issue. Um, that's why unfortunately I gotta give it a 5.5 out of 10, and that's only because I enjoyed the art. If I didn't enjoy the art, it'd be a much lower score. <laughs> the exact opposite of me. Okay, I can respect that. Alright, uh, now we're gonna move on over to Hawkman number 27. That's retailing for $3.99, and it was written by Robert Venditti. The art was handled by Fernando Passerin, Eau Claire Albert, Wade Von Grabadger, and Jeremy Cox with letters done by Rob Lee, and the cover was done by Mikkel Yannon. Uh, the cover is gorgeous, and the, ma- the the majority of the art inside is as well, with um, quite a little um, collective there that you've got going. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Hawks Reborn, Hawkman, and Hawkwoman received the precious gift of life one last time and returned to the past where they were happiest, back with the Justice Society of America. But nostalgia is not all it's cracked up to be with the Injustice Society on the loose. And who's the mysterious figure plotting to cut Hawkman's final life short from the shadows? That's not an answer we find out in this issue, really, um, unless somebody out there is much more familiar with the Hawkman mythos. Uh, but this issue, we can fly through this one relatively quickly. It is basically just a recap of everything that happened that we already know did. While it's got some cool action panels, nothing major is happening. It's just a random battle between the JSA and the Injustice League. Yep. Or Injustice Society, excuse me. Yeah. And, I say. And, and, um, it's just a random battle going on between them. And, uh, we get the narration going on about, uh, you know, what had happened and, and, and then, like very, very quickly introducing all of the different characters of the day and um brainwave uh he um does his psychic attack and uh it hurts everybody for a for a second, and that's where we see elsewhere happen um I'll go ahead and read these words because. I'm really curious as to who this might be, and I can't myself figure this out. But it says, I sense change. Do the sands shift? Yes, the cursed blade whispers. My ancient enemy falters. And the close-up of this guy gives him 
a reddish brown beard. Well, a goatee maybe? Yeah, a goatee. Reddish brown goatee or beard, something. You can't really tell from this close up, but and then we go back to um the battle where they were at. And uh, the Hawks, of course, saved the JSA by throwing their maces together. Is that no, too? Nope. Nope. That, that's all. Yeah, no, that's always been around. It's that's some classic stuff that they used to do. And, uh, you know, the, the JSA comes back from Brainwave's attack and starts clobbering all the bad guys again. And it ends with Hawkman saying, Good work, team. The battle does in any case. They're all um, loading up on the uh, ship, and then, and then Shiara, a Hawkwoman, says to Hawkman, "What happened to you back there? You f- you froze up." And uh, I didn't notice that in reading it or flipping through the action panels. Nothing looked like he froze at all, but it segues into a part where uh, Carter is admitting that he's afraid to die. And then we go next to another place. We see a giant statue of Anubis. We see Anubis in some written, um, the book of the dead speaks of it as a blessing. Uh, those who live today will die tomorrow. Those who die tomorrow will be born again. Great God, Anu- great God Anubis ever since Egypt ruled my lifetimes have been plagued by the reincarnations of Khufu and Shayara. I remain your devoted priest from those days till this. At last, you have rewarded me. The cursed blade knows the taste of my enemy's blood. It thirsts again. I hear it summoning me to action. It promises this time will be different. This time, there will be no rebirth. Hmm. The eternal curse is severed. Hawkman and Hawkwoman shall succumb to their final death. And that's a big old page. And again, in this picture, he looks blonde. But this has got a lot of red overtones going on and a lot of things that could come into play. The last one, those were some very specific color choices that were made there. So it's like a reddish brown hair. He's a big stock guy. He kind of reminds me of Hawkman without the hair. And um he's got uh without yeah, without the hairy chest and all that, you know. Uh, he's got a goatee, obviously it's red and brown. And, and he's um other than that, there's not a there's not a whole lot for me to go on. But I I um I enjoy even though it was just a little quick recap issue. I mean, yeah. it served its purpose to bring the JSA to anybody who might be reading Hawkman mm-hmm. that didn't know the JSA and it didn't didn't really go out of the way. And it sets up this final justice arc um, with this guy that's obviously he knows that it's their last life. So he's coming to kill him for good. Um, I, it's bugging the hell out of me because I feel like I should know who this guy is. Maybe he's a new character? No, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, like, again, I, I, I don't recognize him. Um, I'm not that familiar with the Hawkman mythos, so it's too hard for me to say. He's got a big old chest scar. Um, 
like right in the middle of his chest. It seems to me as though they have history because it says that his his sword has tasted his enemy's blood before. So I'm assuming they fought. So um, it was quick. It was easy it, to read. It went just as fast, even faster than it took to review it. Um, it, it was uh, a nice little issue getting us ready for the last, because I believe Hawkman is coming, is going to get canceled too. Is that not? Yeah. And no, Bentho, I believe so this has two more issues. So this is a three-issue arc. All right. Um, hopefully the Hawks get to stay where they want to be and we don't end up with a dead bird. But uh, I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I have nothing really bad to say about it at all. And since it's not attached to any of that crazy stuff we were getting a few months ago, I loved it even more. <laughs> um, it was written well. It was done well. It was a good setup issue and introduction issue that was all woven together and taken care of so i'm uh you know all in one fell swoop i'm gonna give this an eight out of ten you know this issue had action and had the jsa something that we don't really see that much anymore in comics but i think that they should have their own book we see them in the movies we see them in the tv shows i'm glad that we finally get them in the comics back even this for like a couple issues I'm cool with that. We had a full issue with them fighting. It was pretty cool to see the action scene. Um, I just wish they set up the bad guy just a little bit more, only because this has three issues. So there's two issues left. Um, I enjoy the art. And honestly, like we said, this issue went by a quick read. That, that does not mean it's a bad read. Um, I'll honestly give this a 8 out of 10. Right on. It was a great issue. I recommend this book to who? It is a good time. All right, and um, I am, I am gonna be bummed to see this come to an end. And uh, Hawkman, that is. Um, mm-hmm. While well, we we're gonna go ahead and move on to another book that's coming to an end real quick here, and that's Justice League Odyssey number twenty four, retailing for three ninety nine, written by Dan Abnett with art by Cliff Richards and Rand Bar- Rain Barreto. Letters by Anvil Design, covered by Jose Landron. Darkseid stands triumphant again on the cusp of rewriting reality and controlling the destiny of the universe. The Lord of Apocalypse must face one final challenge. Big Stone, Cyborg. If the half-man, half-machine Titan can overcome Darkseid's programming, he may be the Justice League's only chance at stopping the Dark God's power grab on the end of the at, on the edge of the universe. Um, Cliff Richards can draw some cool stuff, man. <laughs> um, his his backgrounds and they're they're done. I I love it. I think the art in this book is pretty darn good. I've always I've always enjoyed the art. They're unique characters. Um, he knows when it's appropriate to use shadows and not just to do a giant splash page of shadow, um, yeah. like a lot of artists are doing now. So this, this, this is great. Um, Cliff Richards is good and I wish I got to see him on more things, but getting to the story, um, we're wrapping it all up. 
dark sides in the uh, <clears throat> dark sides in the room with the uh, revision mechanism and the technicians there to help them. We get a bunch of dialogue going back and forth between the two of them. And um, basically her apologizing for straying and him saying, you know, you, you're going to work for me again. Uh, the justice league, Jessica, Jessica Cruz's justice league is running through the spaceship. They must be all the way at the other end because they do a lot of running and then they stop and talk and then they run some more and then they stop and talk. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that keeps happening, <laughs> but, uh, they are, uh, they're trying to figure out how to get from one end of the ship to the other, uh, without, being slowed down and cyborgs like, look, I'm still part of his team. I can control everybody and tell everybody where to go. So that's what I'm going to do. So that's what he does. And, um, uh, Jessica Cruz has an idea of bringing back people from the past. She stole one of Epoch's time crystals and, uh, she wants to bring back people from the past to help them in the fight. Now, now we go back to, Dark side and the technician and, uh, Gamma Knife and, um, Dexstar are there and Dark Side's pretty much saying, you know, hey, you know, you should come and work for me. And, um, Gamma Knife is finding out that <laughs> she's not real. <laughs> uh, that it's time so reset. Yeah, if time re- well, time travel, right? If mm. time if time resets, she won't exist anymore because she already died because Susie Star died. She's supposed to be Susie Star, but she's not anymore or something along those lines. I don't know, but it's really weird. Um, yeah. In any case, Dark Side is uh, amping up and almost done. We've got a lot of marbles floating in the sky now for some reason. Yeah, it's just some of that crazy background work that that he uh that he does and i i enjoy it i think it works for what we're looking at here this cosmic odyssey stuff um so back to the justice league they are getting everything exactly where they need it to be doing everything exactly what they need to happen and poof they open up the portal and starfire is back alive asriel is back cyborg is back and um They've got to catch them all up real quick. There's another Jessica Cruz, and now there's two Jessica Cruises. And um, it makes it difficult because they're both dressed exactly the same. Yeah, I wish a little bit of a difference from when Darkside like, zapped Jessica to a past step. I wish we could make a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I mean, so... Always have the text box be um, different. Yeah, or, you know, make sure that you're always showing one of them with a ring on. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, but, uh, in any case, um, so they're catching everybody up and saying, look, this is the plan. We got to go kick the hell out of them. They're rushing to the provisionist chamber and dark side is saying, fire it up. It's time to go. They say history is written by the victors. Who is the victor now? And Arla hacks. The technician says dark side is, so the sphere of the gods on the edge of the new multiverse is popping up again. 
And yeah, that's what he was looking for. Apocalypse is now reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, now he wants a redaction of universal history. He's going to take a big black magic marker and cross it all out. And um, everything that was in Sepulchor is being pushed out to out of the ghost world realm and back to their original location. And um, they, they're like, well, that, that's, that's a good thing. Right. And she says, Jessica answers herself and says, no, it's bad. It means dark side has activated the revision mechanism. We've already, we need to go. He's already begun to edit the universe. Uh, destroy the mechanism, deny dark side or die trying. We see a flash of everybody um, uh, flying towards the camera. So does the whole team. And it says next issue apocalypse rising. So I didn't see, I really didn't see it getting this far with dark side, actually firing up the machine. So that interests me. Um, the, the, the weird, the weird, um, backstory excuse me the weird backstory with uh, Gamma Knife um, I'm I'm interested in that um, I'm glad to see worry on Dexter's face instead yeah. of jumping at the idea of abandoning his team even though he's a Red Lantern yeah, he's um, like, oh shit I want to join him no he's a bad guy he's mega bad bringing ba- back everybody from the past these were all great ideas woven into the story and on top of it it was really good art um a lot of people aren't liking this book at all but i've 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 liked it especially Mm -hmm. over the last quite a few months and um i'm giving this book an eight five out of ten i tolerated the book at first with it having just um cyborg jazz stuff like an azrael on the team but then once Shit went sideways, and we had this new team. That's just like the DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. I did prefer the book that way. So I just that team was so great. And hopefully, next issue, Gamma Knife, something happens so she does actually die. Hopefully, something happens so she stays on the book because the whole roster is great. Loving Daxter, like his expressions throughout the book, just like his live reactions of everything that's happening. Um, I don't know if it was meant to draw that way or not, but he was like, oh shit, what's now happening? Like he was like, my reaction, just what his reaction was, like shit's going sideways very fast through this whole entire book. And I'm enjoying it. I'm going to be set again, Mr. Talkman, I'll be sad when this book goes. It's a fun out space book with like the just the fact that this book was in so great of a story with what the characters they had with Blackfire, Dexter, Jess. That was a great team. You had Ovan. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm just hoping like once this book ends, they still form the team and we see them every once in a while in like the other other books. But like when I say a fallen team, I mean like um have cyborg stuff right and Azrael back on Earth, but then have like the JLO that we haven't seen the legit team, the actual team. That would be cool. It's always fun to see like not 
full-on villains, but, like, the anti-heroes try to be good. Have their, like, for example, um, Scarlet Spider, a few um, years ago, he saved a woman, but then he charged her 50 bucks. And it's like, you don't have the money, give it to me by this day. If not, I have your address. I know where you live. I love seeing, like, a anti-hero who isn't very nice about it, but will still do good. Like, does good more of a realistic way, in my opinion. Like, you want something in return. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I, I give this book a 7.5 out of 10. All right. And now we're going to go ahead and move on to the final book of the night. That's the Dark Knight's The Main Event. Dark Knight's oh. Death Metal Trinity Crisis Number 1. Man, you know, I just don't think they put enough words in that title. It retailed for five ninety nine, written by Ooh. Scott Snyder, art by Francis Manipole, and Ian Hearing, with letters done by Tom Napolitano, and the cover was done by Manipole as well. With Superman freed from his new apocalypse prison, the classic Trinity lineup is reunited and ready to rock. Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman amp up their power to launch an assault on Castle Bat, and that's just the warm-up act. Three walking nightmares are hidden deep inside the fortress, but these dark multiverse versions of the Anti-Monitor, Superboy Prime, and Darkseid hold the key to humanity's survival. The Justice League have to face down their old nemesis, but will round two be the end for our heroes? Good question. Um, so this straight out of the box here, this was okay. So all of the extra stuff that they have released alongside Death Metal, I have not liked. Yeah, I, all of it. I've thought it was even even if there were even if there were parts of it that 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 I didn't hate. It, mm -hmm. I, it it was very obvious. All of it was nothing more than a cash grab. Without a doubt. And that absolutely frustrates me. So, um, this, you see however... They have three more um, one-shots in December. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. And it's just that they keep adding on these add-on issues because people are buying them. And, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess I can't blame them. I mean, they're, they're going to do it if people spend the money on it, but... Mm -hmm. At least, you know, I mean, man, make them mean something. The last few didn't. This one, though, this one does. Oh, yeah. This almost feels like it should have been number four. I made a joke earlier with Anthony prior to being on the air, and I called it uh, uh, Death Metal 3.5 because it feels like an interim issue, and it does have quite a bit to do yeah. with the main story. And so, it, progressed, yeah, it progressed it, too. Which it is like really did. Um, so the, the opening with, uh, uh, the art by Francis Manipole, um, who I, I do like, I do like Manipole's art. It's a little old school for me. Um, but done with like a new school kind of spin to it. And I, I can, it, it, I can respect that and enjoy it. Um, it's not what I, I would, I would probably prefer Ruckus over Manipole's. But, um, not by much. In any case, what I'm trying to say is the art looks great. We get a lot of, um, narration, 
a little narration with a lot of art going, uh, talking about, um, you know, basically what it means in DC for a crisis. And, uh, they're all coming together because their job is to win multiple crises at once. So again, we're seeing the plan laid out between all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the plan the plan is basically that um uh batman superman and wonder woman are going to break into castle bad and they're going to be able to do that because everyone's favorite alien starfish he's not a starfish psychic um is jaro and he's going to use his psychic abilities to cloak them from detection while they're inside um they're going to try to find the three crisis worlds, capture their energy in some Alfred boxes and hijack it out of there. Um, they're going to bring Harley Swamp Thing and Hex too. Um, uh, Mr. Miracle has built a, a psychic amplifier for Jaro and it looks like a jar. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite lines in this entire thing is, uh, Mr. Miracle introducing it, uh, made from glass from the fire pits here on Apocalypse and eighth metal bindings, so it should increase your telepathic abilities at least fivefold. And Jaro says, and of course it looks like a fucking jar. I thought that, that made me laugh oh, out loud. So <laughs> and in the next page, if you look at Mr. Miracle's face, he's like, oh. <laughs> right. Like, oh, my bad. Yep. And um, I I love Jaro's personality. He's so cool. Mm. And I mean, I really love his relationship with Batman too. I wish, I wish there was more interaction between two of them. To be honest with you, but um, so the plan is continuing to be laid out to everybody, and um, they're heading on over. The, and uh, to the uh, Castle Bat, the living headquarters of the Batman Who Laughs slash the Batman Hatton slash uh, the Darkest Night slash the next goddamn name he's going to have. I don't know. So we have a really cool um, watercolored page here. This, even even if... Uh, Mind Hunter here looks a little warped in his fully cowled face. Um, I love this art here with the Grim Knight, Bat Mazo, War Bat, and Mind Hunter. The background just beautiful here. Um, then we go to the team. They're infiltrating. They're figuring out how to get inside a Castle Bat. Swamp Thing goes down into the green and makes a bargain with him. What little is left, I need to make a way into Castle Bat. So he reaches out to the green. They agree to help. The green agrees to help him. And they make a tunnel for them to worm their way in. When they're on their way doing just that, um, you know, there's dialogue over the next couple of pages. That's exactly significant. And um, there's a big, huge boom. And uh, we get a couple of more crazy dark multiverse Batman and Chiropter Arc, the Pearl Black Monday Cole. What were you saying? I wish the names were a little bit more creative. The only name I actually did kind of like was Black Monday for like 
Simon Gurkhani's song. But other than that, I wish the names were a little bit better. I, I, I wish all of them were a little bit better, except for Black Monday. I enjoyed that one too. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the rest, I don't, I don't even understand what Chiropter is for. He has a, like, what could I even be for? Yeah, here's a guy that's whole existence is based around Arkham. Let's just call him Ark. And I'm hoping, I don't know. I'm hoping that the pro isn't like a Batman slash Black Manta mix with like the pro being like a, um, the pro out in the sea. I'm hoping that's not the reason. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's, it's mm. his mom that's inside. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, it actually does make It just, yeah. Didn't, yeah I guess where this his, was not creative what, at all. Uh, I guess it's where his mother became a hero. I guess um, so. But they, they're, they're there fighting and, um, it's working. Some of it's not. They get into Castle Black, uh, Castle Black, and um, they get in and they sent somebody, uh, something nearby that's powerful, some dark godlike beast, and it's Barbados. And we get a whole bunch of talking from Barbados. He still has not learned how to shut up um, <laughs> from the last time he showed up in County. And if you're like the last one, he was, he didn't feel. That's threatening, while Batman laughs felt more threatening. Same thing here. felt like he doesn't feel like as threatening as he should be in both death metal and metal. Batman who laughs? No, um, Barbados. Um, oh, Barbados? Yeah. Yeah, because in the metal, he was supposed to be the alternate big bag. But nah, it was more like Batman who laughs was the big bad, basically. Yeah, and then we had the same thing with Lex, and then it was Batman who laughs, and then it was supposed mm-hmm. to be Perpetua, and now it's Batman who laughs. And oh yeah, what happened? What happened to her too? She got Batman who laughed. Uh, wait, did she really <laughs> die? No, she didn't die. She's still out there. Because uh, I will not know. She has not made appearance or been mentioned that much in this event that she should be in. Other than them talking about wanting to take down her throne, and that's how they're going to gain the universe back. But we should but, at least see like a panel of like her making plans or doing something. Yep, uh, I you would think that they'd throw her in there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going back onto um, they're on their way going through it. They they've defeated their enemies, and um. Uh, we go back to uh, where Swamp Thing, Hex, Jaro, and Harley are at, and Robin King shows up, which is annoying as hell to me because I don't see a reason for this dude. Um, Makes no sense at all why he's calling that too. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand anything about why. Yeah, what, why he's called this. Um, Generally, not a fan of when they use fur or feathers on superheroes, um, with the exception of Hawk and Dove. Uh, but in any case, the, he shows up and he says that he's got his utility belt and he's got something special for each of them. Uh, Jaro, Swamp Thing, Hex, and Harley. Uh, we go back to the heroes. They're telling each other that they're going to win this one. 
We go back to the cave, and uh, Robin King is true to his word. He seems to have some issues. Um, Jaro can't psychically control him. He's poisoning Swamp Thing with a rod that's coated in the blood of Anton Arcane, which is definitely not good for Swamp Thing. Um, uh, Harley and Robin are fighting it out. Takes out Jonah Hex, too. Yeah. Then then he takes out Jonah Hex with a bullet that's designed to shoot dead people. Um, he, he dissolves, uh, in the wind, I guess. Remember, expendable or not, everything matters, he says. That's his last words. Um, Swamp Thing is pulling the wall down uh, so that Robin King can't follow them. Jaro is worried because he needs to be close to the portal to guide them back. And uh, they're traveling through knowing that they, they need to go each take on their own crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, the crisis on infinite Earths is the one that Batman lands on. And... um it's solid white. It looks odd as hell. Um, the anti-monitor B- Batman says, get off me. Where the hell is everyone? Where is the anti-monitor? And it's just this white goo that's coming up and holding him. And the goo picks him up and the anti-monitor says, don't you recognize me? And then the next one is the final crisis. And that's where Superman is at some very, very dark multiverse version of the final crisis. And there's a dark, dark multiverse version of the Justice League in the background going on here. Um, he knows that this is all wrong. He gets punched right in the face. Um, infinite crisis. Wonder Woman crash lands there and. She says, also, this isn't right. I don't remember this moment happening. Someone floats down and says, that's because it didn't, Diana. And all at once I see it in her eyes, it says. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to see Superboy Prime playing in a big place in here because we get an awful lot of his dialogue here. Um, pushing through all the different crises and... Um, it's it's just him sitting there saying, I am Superboy Prime, and on these crisis worlds, Wonder Woman, you lost. Next to be continued in Dark Might Dark Knight's Death Metal number four. Um I'm digging it, man. Uh the art the art was fantastic. I'm really interested in seeing what these twisted versions of the crises are. Um I don't want to spend too much time in there, but I, 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 I am interested in seeing what exactly is going on, uh, especially with Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was, that was, that was really messed up. Yes, but took him down. Um, there was progression. We saw the story go forward. Uh, this was an add-on book that actually added on to the series, so I'm loving that. Um, again, I, I. Can't find anything to complain about. So, uh, I, I would have liked to see less narration there. Like, mm. I found something, uh, <laughs> more. I think I just need these books to be bigger. 
I need more like more pages or yeah yeah more pages um I'm not I'm just I'm not getting enough story in it and this one is nearly 40 pages <laughs> and I'm still feeling like I didn't get enough story in it it's not for lack of it I guess I just want more it is um I thought it was a good book I'd pay the six dollars for it and I'm gonna give this an 8.5 out of 10. I think of all the one shots, I would highly recommend this book. It progresses the story. I enjoyed the art. It had great moments. Um, the moments between John and Holly, that kissing scene where she's like, "Did you sign?" Like, "Well, yeah, my cheek doesn't have any skin, so yeah, yeah, you got tongue and all." We see John. Like this was just a great book. Um that I can now wait to see where this leads to, especially how each of the um, crisis, the bad guys won. We're going to see more of Darkseid. We get to, and we see how, when Darkseid wins, like, how does that change things? We're going to see the anti-monitor and all, like, what exactly is he doing to Bruce? And, of course, Superboy Prime. Somebody yeah. who, these three are going to have some major changes in the next one. Yeah, I, b- I believe so. Um, I hope that after this is all dead and it's all, all said and done, though, that we we do away somehow with Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just too uh, overpowered. He's, yeah, way, way, way too overpowered to even bring him back. I mean, that's ridiculous. But um, that's it, everyone, for this week's reviews. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. I know Anthony appreciates it just as much as I do. Remember that you can get us everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can check out all of your favorite platforms at notarobotpodcast.com forward slash links. You can get to us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash notarobotpodcast. And you can, uh, that will get you early access to all of our shows and additional content as well. And it'll make us want to make more content. So you'll be giving us motivation. We really appreciated having you listen to us, and we can't wait to have you come back next week. Share us around, hit us up on Twitter, and uh, make sure you hit those like buttons too. All right, again, my name's Josh, and with me, as always, has been Anthony. What up, everybody? Have a great one. It's been fun. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and end the show now. Remember, I want you to be good to each other, and don't... Be a robot. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo, Domo, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto.